0: Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast,
1: supporting women to make soul-centred and heart-driven decisions in motherhood,
0: going back to basics, changing our stories and
1: trusting ourselves. I'm Emily and I'm Annabelle. Hey Hey Mama. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Thank you for being here. This is one of our last few for the year. And this one is with a beautiful friend of mine, Nicola, who is a mother of two lovely little wildlings, an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. Her first son was born early at 25 weeks gestation, which thrust her into a journey she could never have expected to take. So welcome, Nicola. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yay, it's so nice and we were just chatting before we jumped on because you are actually over in the UK at the moment and you have got snow. We
2: have, we've got blankets and blankets of snow, it's a winter wonderland, we are very very lucky.
1: So magical, it's amazing, like I think that we've got like such polar opposites because it's obviously getting so warm here but really like. When we see Christmas, like, it is, like, as this beautiful, like, white Christmas, right? Like, and we've got it so wrong here. Like, everything in Australia at Christmas doesn't work. Like, how can kids go out and see the Christmas lights? Because it's too bloody light (laughs) in the evening. Eight (laughs) o'clock. Which, who's going to do that? Who's going to keep their kids up that long? And, yeah, like, everything just... My husband and I have been talking about it recently, how it just it doesn't make sense. Like we need to have all these kind of traditions that we have at Christmas actually in our winter, like in like a yeah. winter solstice or something.
2: Yeah, in yeah. June, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's dark here now at between 3.30 and 4. So we can mm. go and look at Christmas lights wow. before dinner, which is like wow. insane to us, obviously, coming from Perth. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't
1: make any sense, does it, in, in Australia? Makes no sense. Anyway, that's completely <laughs> off topic, but um, <laughs> we'll get back on track. Um, is there anything you want to add to your intro or do you just want to go into a little bit about your story with Winnie and, um, yeah, his birth at 25 Weeks?
2: Yeah so I wasn't expecting to have a baby at 25 weeks to be honest. Mm. Um, I had my daughter at hospital and I had a quite a traumatic birth experience so I um, wanted to have a home birth with my second baby so I had hired a private midwife um, and I was all ready to go for my lovely home birth and then um, mm. I had a few bleeds in pregnancy and then at 24 weeks my waters broke and I had a big hemorrhage and then I went to hospital via ambulance and they stopped the labor but I only held him in for another week um, because he had no waters Um, yeah which was strange. Mm. So yeah I wasn't expecting it to happen like that at all. I was hoping for a lovely term baby at home <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um but you can't have a home birth at 25 weeks unfortunately because you need you rely on that um medical care basically it's one of those circumstances um mm. where you, you kind of have no choice mm. um which was difficult um because i really didn't want to be in hospital after my last experience but um Having a private midwife made such a big difference for the actual birth um, Mm -hmm. because she came in and supported me through the whole thing. So I would always advocate for um, having someone on your side if you do choose to or have to go into hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then he was born um, and the birth actually wasn't too traumatic because I made all the choices myself. It was more so um, the NICU stay because being a, a more naturally-minded mama, not kind of keen on all the intervention, um, that was a lot to navigate in the NICU where they rightly so wanted to give him some things but then, of course, they want to, as soon as they've got them, they want to give them everything. Um, mm-hmm. So navigate, navigating that was um, and he was such a little fighter. He just fought and fought and fought um, the whole time. Um, it's actually to watch a baby that that little, because he was like a tiny little bird in my hand, like a little baby bird. You know that that fragile. Um, I could see like all under his skin was paper thin. He had no eyebrows no nipples which was weird I was like oh do they develop later but they do apparently um Um, yeah lots of things that you don't realize because they're developing inside you mm -hmm. but when you see them on the outside there's so much that they have to grow um from 25 to 40 weeks it's actually quite incredible um to watch from the outside Mm -hmm. but gosh like yeah such a fighter um. yeah and then when we finally got him out of hospital that was difficult as well because obviously um, my hormones were four months postpartum so my body was thinking it was four months post and I was home with a newborn <laughs> so that mismatch of my body and my baby was really really difficult to navigate and not something I would have imagined like or thought of prior to having a prem because you just don't think of you know it's not you just assume it's all all going to click together but yeah that that mismatch of hormones was I found huge um so yeah that's his story and then um of course I followed my instincts and kept his life as natural as possible after leaving the hospital and lucky for us he's absolutely thriving now you would not know he was born so early at all um emily can attest to that <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: i can i definitely can like it's it's amazing like it's it's honestly like a miracle in sight like it you know like right there in plain sight like you can't yeah. believe that this tiny like obviously I didn't see him at the time but I've seen your photos of him and he really was like this exactly as you described this like tiny little fragile bird in your hand and now it's like yeah you'd have just thought that he was a 40 weaker
2: yeah exactly he's robust and Mm. he's the only one of the things he definitely carries from being a NICU baby is he is a warrior he absolutely has so much fight in him and I really feel like that was shaped from his experience in the hospital because I mean you can't imagine being born when your skin's not developed properly and being laying on a blanket I mean imagine how rough that would be Um, you know and then having all these needles stabbed into you constantly I think they did heel prick blood tests every day maybe even multiple times a day Wow. Um, you know, and having all that apparatus on your face and he had, he was, what do you call it? Um, I've forgotten all the terms now. Um, yeah. He was intubated so he had the tube down his throat and he couldn't cry. And, you know, just imagine that intense pain and trauma for months on end. Like I just can't even imagine. Like he's been through more than most adults. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's carried that fighting spirit for sure through now, because he is just, yeah he he's a warrior, it, his mm-hmm. whole behavior, everything is just fighting um, yeah, which is good, and also mm-hmm. sometimes we need
1: to tone it down
2: <laughs> and remind him that he's safe <coughs> now.
1: Well, yeah, that's it though. Like if that is your first experience with what the world is, like mm. of course it's going to shape you in some way as, um, you know, there's obviously nurture and nature, right? But mm. that is going to shape you in a way that's going to impact who you are. And I think it's quite incredible because I feel like he's taken on um, – it in such a I guess in such a positive way if that makes sense like he's taken it on in a good way and it's actually um helped his character and for who he is rather than it be negative I don't know if that makes sense
2: yeah no that makes total sense and I think it helps with the way I mean I don't want to like toot my own horn or anything but you know the way that I've parented I haven't been too harsh I've, I've been as gentle as I can Um, and I think if he were to be, I think about this all the time, actually, if he had been parented in a more kind of mainstream, like, um, you know, yelling at him and, um, you know, timeouts and things like that, I just, his little soul, like I can imagine (laughs) that fighter spirit would go in a very different direction. Um, and it would probably be not a positive one so I think it's so important like because even um I think there's research on on how birth can affect any birth can affect um babies and I think like it's sometimes it's really disheartening to feel like oh I've had you know my baby's had such a traumatic birth you know I don't it's ruined them you know you can Mm. feel really guilty but I think the way you parent that going forward makes all the difference because you can turn those experiences that they've had into something powerful and into something positive if if you kind of move on and parent in a kind of more gentle um, way, I feel like, mm. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And I completely agree. Um, but, like, I'm so interested because, I mean, I think that's probably the earliest I've spoken to someone who's had, like, a pram baby at 25 weeks. Like, I mean, back in the day that just wasn't viable, you know? Yeah. Um, And for, like, that whole thing to go down, do you know why it happened? Like, I think of you and I'm like, I and mean, of course, horrible for the baby, but I'm like, it just feels, I mean, you can't hold your
2: baby. No, no, I couldn't touch him for the first five days, and that was really hard. Oh, um, yeah. They found out later that I have a very rare blood clotting oh. um, disease called <clears throat> prothrombin gene mutation, but it's really easy to manage. So, and I mm. didn't, it didn't affect my first pregnancy with my daughter. Um, so if I had another baby, if I had another pregnancy and I started bleeding, I'd just have to go on blood thinners. Um, but mm-hmm. I'd probably look into natural blood thinners before that, um, and try and manage it myself first. Um, cause it's literally mm-hmm. just my blood clotting. So I think the blood, I had lots of blood clots that would burst, which is the bleeding. And then eventually the pressure of the blood clots got, got so big that. Um, it burst the waters and then eventually I think when he was born potentially was like putting pressure on the placenta I'm not sure exactly I should probably look into it Um, so that's why Um, but yeah I think the hardest part about it I think the hardest time was the day I had to leave the hospital for sure because I got five days at hospital where Hmm. I could go up and down from the NICU from my room and then um, as soon as I had to leave the building of my baby, it felt so, un- I think I cried the whole 24 hour, not 24 hours, cried 12 hours until I was back in there with him. Um, so, yeah, I found it really difficult. And the interesting thing, I spoke to another friend um, who had twins early And she was saying that she's so glad that her first was the prem and not her, well, her first two, and not her second Mm. because um, she didn't know any different. So Mm. it wasn't quite as difficult. Like if you know what it's like to have a baby, you know, and born at term and all that, um, it's really difficult to leave them. But I think it would be difficult anyway, to be honest. Um, But she just said that it was a little bit easier um but I found it absolutely the most traumatic thing ever like can you imagine leaving your newborn baby Uh, like five days later (laughs) in a in a in a place where you don't know anybody like oh my god oh I I cried a lot
1: (laughs) so it was sorry it was five days after is when you had to leave the hospital
2: Yeah, five days. I think I'd only just touched him as well because I wasn't allowed to touch him for the first few days, Mm. which is so
1: hard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You've been craving that connection.
2: Yeah, and also like for the baby as well. Like, yeah, they haven't had human touch without gloves for five days. Like, can you imagine?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then so then you left the hospital and you had how many weeks then before he was to come home? How long was he there for? I
2: think in the end it was 16 weeks, so four months.
1: Yeah, so 16 weeks of you going back and forth every day to the hospital.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and also having to wake myself up to pump but not Um, having my baby. So I'm still not sleeping. Um, you know people be like oh at least you can sleep and I'm like well no I can't because I have to put an alarm on and pump milk so that he's got something of you know of mine
1: um actually yeah sorry um yeah that would have been like really confusing for the body as well I think like for yours and obviously for his and it was and I guess so great that you could you know start Collecting some milk, but it just blows my mind. Like, I, I mean, I probably don't know enough about this to have an opinion, but it blows my mind that we don't have the facilities in this day and age to keep a mother and a child and a baby, a newborn baby, together during these instances. And it's actually Mm -hmm. weird. Neil and I were talking the other night and we were just, you know, daydreaming <clears throat> about winning the lottery and what we would do with the money, you know, as you do. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, we were talking about who we would give this to and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. he was like, what 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 would? What kind of charitable thing would we want to do? And I mm-hmm. sat there and I thought about it for a moment. And honestly, the first thing that came into my head was that I would want to set something up so that parents could stay with their Niku babies um, in some way however it was that they could be together whether it was like separate to the hospital but it still had staff there and it was paying for you know because I'm sure it's the issue of paying for parents like to stay in there like their food and the bedding and the cleaning and all of that kind of thing and the space right and I'm like saying this as a parent who's not even had this experience but I see it happening to other people and it Honestly, it breaks my heart and I think mm. that it's just not just for the parent but also for the child and the impact that it can obviously have on some children.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I was, like, so confused because I'd never ha- had much to do with the NICU before mm. I had Winnie. And I was like, well, well, can I stay? Like, is there somewhere I can stay? And they were like, no, you have to go home unless you live, like, rurally. Mm. And I have, like, a little... Um, center next to the hospital where mum where families can stay if they live like if they're from the countryside or something Mm -hmm. um so they can walk into the hospital from that so that's better but yeah I was like what I can't like like stay with him like I was so confused and I've researched it actually and there are countries that keep the mum and the baby together they have those facilities it's just and well Australia you know always behind the Yeah. But um yeah, and I said that and I'm like, look, we don't have the funding for that, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is this is like like I feel like I'm in the nineteen hundreds. Like I should there should be some way for me to stay with my baby. Um, Mm. but no. And I think I mean it does get complicated because I obviously had My older daughter Mabel, who was three mm. at the time, and so I literally had to split myself between two children in two different buildings at all times because she wasn't allowed in to see him mm. for like germ issues. Um, so that was also really, really hard because it's hard getting like having a second baby anyway. Um, from what I gather, like trying to learn how to mm. split your, yourself in half, I guess, but then having them in two separate buildings and having to literally be there for him and be there for her was, oh, my God. I felt like my heart was ripped out no matter where I was. Like I couldn't I couldn't have my two babies together for four months. That was really hard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, trying to like meet her needs and his needs. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Looking back thinking, oh, that was wild. Um, I'm just so glad. Like the day that I got him home, and I had my two babies in the same room, was like, oh my gosh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so grateful to just have us all under one roof. Because um, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, they should have some some way of keeping families together. I just feel like. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. I mean, I really didn't know a lot about it, um, like the whole NICU stay, all of that, until, I like, recently I'd just known someone who's had two, actually, like, prem babies, both around 32 weeks, and one was very recently out of the Mm -hmm. hospital now, but um, really quick breech birth, and then yeah just had to go to the NICU and just the whole she had another another daughter too and at the time <clears throat> her other daughter had a really horrible horrible virus and was you know had to go to hospital and stay there for like a few nights I believe yeah. and then at that time you know her baby is in the NICU and oh, her dad's with awful. the other daughter and then the people at the NICU are like well we can't take that risk. Like, if you get yeah. that virus, um, we, you like, you can't come here. You can't yeah. come here. And then, like, I think it was one day or 24 hours where they were like, "Look, we can't. You have to stay away until you're completely out of the. Um, like, you definitely don't have the
2: virus. Yeah, like your daughter
0: hasn't given it to you. And I was just like, "Hang on, hang on. What? Like, you yeah, can go been- in and see your baby."
2: Yeah, I couldn't go in for 5 days I think because I got a cold. Oh, and they were like you can't come in. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh my god. It's gosh. just so weird having somebody tell you I know whether or not you can see your child and and yeah, it just continues the whole time like can I hold my child? No, sorry. Oh, why not? Because we don't have enough staff. And I'm like, uh okay. Well, I really you know, you educate us on kangaroo care and how we should be doing skin to skin and then when we ask for it we're told no because you don't have enough staff like that is difficult Mm -hmm. like not having um any say well very little say Mm -hmm. over your your babies and your relationship and oh I had so many fights in there they absolutely hated me they hated me so much (laughs) but you know I had to fight as well for him because yeah you know I just say, look I want to hold my baby like the thing is you can't just grab them out because they've got tubes everywhere you need help to like place the tubes in the right spot and all of that so yeah, it's that. And then so many women in there, like like the, the instances of postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, trauma are massive. Like there was one lady um, who had a baby in there. I think he was a bit older than Winnie, maybe 29 weeks, 30 weeks or something. And she just couldn't come in and see him. She just could not deal with seeing him like that she just couldn't come in she could not cope, and I just felt so sorry for her because you know you can see how easily it would be to just not be able to manage um Mm -hmm. just under the circumstances and the pressure and then those women getting those babies back at the end of the the hospital stay not having bonded with them being scared of them essentially Yes. Um, and then having being thrust with a newborn, I just I can't even imagine like I found it hard and I was in there every day except for when I was sick. Um, yeah, it's the trauma of having a prem is mm. huge like I, I'm still healing from from it for sure yeah. like just mm-hmm. the emotional mental, emotional, spiritual, like, yeah, aspects of it just run so deep, you know.
1: Yeah, I can imagine, and I guess like you know having a baby that um, little as well. Like I think you know once that when they're a little, like I'm not, I'm I'm sure that it's like really difficult no matter what time they come if they need to go to the NICU. But when they come that little, like there must be this element in you of like, well. Is he going to survive?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And while I was in hospital, they were um, counselling me basically on whether I wanted to keep him or not. And What? Yeah, because it was so early. I was 24 weeks in hospital and he was literally born just after midnight um, when I was 25 plus one. So it was essentially 25 on the dot. Um. And they were saying, um, like, these are the disabilities. He's got this percentage of having this. He's got this percentage of having this. He's got this percentage of dying when he's born. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't know he was a he, so they were saying it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, what? <laughs> I have to just, like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. I had to really think about that. But I was like, no, I'm going to have this baby and regardless of what issues we're faced with we'll we'll face them together because yeah I, I I just can't imagine essentially like aborting my baby at this point um it's it was a tough like well it wasn't really didn't end up being a decision for me because I was like well I'm just going to deal with whatever I have to deal with
1: yeah. Um, yeah even being asked that though like that is just so ginormous and to have to consider it And imagine making the decision and actually, you know, obviously you you wouldn't know, it would all just be, it would be done, but then there'd be nothing wrong, right? Like to make that decision just out on a guess and on, okay, well, I definitely don't want that, so I'm going to make the decision now regardless of not knowing 100%.
2: Yeah, like it's massive. It's huge. And like counselling me through it basically, like are you going to be able to manage You know, is this going to affect your first child? Um, You know, like, are you mentally capable? You know, all of these things Mm -hmm. that you're just like, oh, this is overwhelming. And then to be fair, though, like, we were really, really lucky with Winnie because there were babies in in that NICU next to us that have got massive disabilities. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some that are very – have – have big disabilities and then there's some that have you know lesser disabilities but um and there's some healthy ones of course but um yeah it was a real it was a real risk and that's something you don't think about I guess unless you've kind of been in that situation like I used to just think a prem was just a small baby like I didn't really kind of consider that being that early would affect their like you know mental physical health yeah that that much but it really it really can and even you know they say there's a much higher instances of ADHD of autism of you know all the things like all the kind of milder disabilities as well as like cerebral palsy and you know all of the things so um that was also quite quite difficult but I'm just so thankful that yeah we we were one of the the healthier ones but I do honestly think that turning to more natural um approaches really made a difference like because a lot of the other mums in there were listening to the physio or the um you know, the doctor to tell them to do this and to do that. Like I think one of my friends was saying, oh, you know, she's not walking yet and she's um, nearly, old oh, was she nearly two? They've told me to put like more harder-soled shoes on her and I was like, mm, I don't think Winnie's worn shoes yet, you know? like. Yeah. Like I just don't see how making it more difficult for them to walk with hard-soled shoes is going to help. But you know what the allopathic medicine gurus are like. Um, So, yeah, I think it made, yeah, I think a lot of the natural approaches made a big difference for us anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously that can't be proven. But as mama instinct, I really do feel... um, that, that helped him a lot. So, yeah, but it's hard. It's There's so much pressure from doctors to do certain things um, that go against, you know, my instinct. And to push back is very, very, very hard. And there's a lot of pressure. It's like a pressure cooker in there.
1: Oh, yeah. And and just, like, to be able to say no, as you said, and to, to push back like that, one, There's not many people that would do that because, you know, we're just, it's just programmed into us to, um, I guess, be (laughs) the people pleasers and also just do as doctors say, right? Because they know best. It's like what we've grown up with. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also in that circumstance to not, with, you know, with everything that's going on around you, all the pressure, all the um, anxiety, all the, you know, millions of feelings that you would have been experiencing to then have to do that on top of that and to fight and say no and stand up for yourself, like it's huge.
2: Oh yeah, it's massive. And also I think the emotional impact of every day being told that you're making dangerous decisions for your baby or you're not, you know, you're 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 not making the right choice or you should be doing this, you should be doing that like every single day or you can't hold him because this that and the other when i ended up getting him out of hospital and this is awful i actually felt scared to have him like i wasn't a good i wasn't a good parent like because every single day had been drummed into my mind you don't make good decisions you're not a good parent to this baby you don't know what you're doing you know that kind of thing that like, i never felt with M- mabel like i just like parented her as you know as a normal parent but then when I got him home because that had been drummed into me by doctors and nurses every single day for four months I started to believe it and that was another healing journey that I've had to go on is that I am a good parent and I am safe to be around my son I'm not going to hurt him and I'm making good decisions for him so I really like it's taken me years I I think at least three years it took me to actually feel like I was safe as a parent which is insane Mm. um so yeah just that that impact of that is huge as well um because yeah imagine if you had someone every single day being like oh no you're gonna hurt your child you're gonna hurt your baby you know that to the point where they were like you can't give him his first bath when he'd gotten out of his incubator. We need to show you how. And I was like, well, I've had a baby before. I know how to bath a baby. And they were like, no, 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 it's hospital policy. We need to, um, we need to show you how to bath the baby. And I had to fight just to bath my own son. Um, yeah, the message you're getting is you you aren't even safe enough to bath your child. You need to be shown by a professional. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, Yeah. I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. Like just even the little things, like how crazy is that, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, So you can imagine all the big things that they had opinions on as well. So, yeah. Mm Yeah. No oh. tricky times, but we've got yeah. there in the end. But yeah, any any time I hear of a prem mum, I'm like, look, if you need help, I'm here because I've walked this journey for five and a half years, and I know the ins and the outs of the feelings because you can't explain it to anybody unless they've had a prem. You, I mean, you can explain it, but it would be and you wouldn't be able to understand like unless you've walked it so any prem mums i come across i'm like i'm here you know i i can i can talk to you if you need anything i understand that whole scenario i understand the emotions the feelings the fears you know and i'm always there for anyone who's got a prem because i just remember being feeling so alone especially being a more natural Mama, because the other ones were like, why don't you just, just do what the doctors say? And I'm like, because I have to live with the consequences of what this treatment is going to do. The mm. doctors aren't, and I said this to the doctors, I will have to live with the consequences of this decision, not you, yeah. you know. Yeah. So then, yeah, being not wanting to follow everything actually made it more traumatic. Maybe mm. I would have been better off being like, yeah, that's great <laughs> for me. <laughs> but not for him. So I mm. kind of had to take that mm. that hit, I
1: guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, why don't we just end on, because it kind of just made me think with what you said, what, if there's a Prem mum listening right now and perhaps she's, you know, in the experience right now, what mm-hmm. would you say to her? Like what kind of advice would you give to her or what, yeah, what would you want her to know?
2: I would want her to know that just to keep going and to keep fighting and don't don't let them tell you that you're not a good parent because you are and every decision you make is for your baby. So just remember that you are the mother and you know your baby more than anybody else, even if they've spent their time a lot of time or a little bit of time in the NICU you still know them you still had that connection they've grown inside you no matter what that's what I would tell um a prem mama and also just yeah do it your way do it your way and remember that you are worthy and you are incredible that's what Mm -hmm. I would say
1: well thank you so much Nicola thank you for sharing um so openly with us um yeah I really appreciate it
2: no worries thank you for having me and I hope you know if any other prem mums are listening they um they they're welcome to reach out to me if they feel like they just need somebody to talk to or anything so if you want to give my i don't know my instagram page or anything it's private but if there's a prem mum that wants to reach out just send me a message because i'm always here to help um anyone going through that experience because i know it's it's really hard
1: (laughs) Mm, right yeah well we'll tag you um in the episode post on instagram so that anyone who would like to can do that thank you
2: no worries thank you
1: so much thanks for listening to the hey mama podcast if you're
0: enjoying the show please share with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes
1: we hope you're having a beautiful day mama